Hey everybody, I'm Chucky. This is Jason. This is our mascot teaser. And we're here at the STN Mobile Studio at Sunset Station for our sports gaming podcast bookends. It's great to be back, Jay. No, finally a, a good week. We can actually come into the, the studio this week with a small smile on our faces. <laughs> it, uh, it had been uh, three weeks in a row where we had taken our lumps um, on the pro football side of things. So uh, it's good to get a, a winning week for, for the books. And uh, I know with the lines that are up and uh, everything that's going on, the guests are looking to uh, get back into the winning ways on their side of it. Things. They are. Before we jump into uh, next, last week's games, I just want to congratulate uh, the third guy here with us in the studio, and that's John, who got married. So congratulations, John. It's good to have you back. Uh, we missed you last week, but congratulations, buddy. Um, so we're going to jump into last week. I mean, it was a, a better week for our side. Um, no pun intended, but it was a five-Sunday month, and we bookended them. Uh, where the first Sunday of the month and the last Sunday of the month kind of went our way with the three Sundays in between the betters doing really, really well on. But it was an ugly four-letter word for the betters. The first Sunday and the last Sunday. J-E-T-S. Jet outright wins the first Sunday and the last Sunday. Well, yeah, obviously their win over Cincinnati was uh, was great for us, um, both on the money line, the point spread. Um, I think the Bengal ticket count was one of the highest of the it week. It was, right. Um, the other side of that, you know, you talk about the Jets, that New York Jets being the winner in the, the first week and the last week. Uh, we also stay in New York and talk about the Giants, um, right. who that first week um, upset the Saints. And this last week they were able unable to pull the upset against the Chiefs, but obviously as a 10.5-point dog, losing by three, they were able to knock off all the teasers and everything else that went into Monday night. So the Giants and Jets uh, combined to give us our two big weekends, and um, so we'll continue to cheer for those teams as they go forward Wait, in those big games. I think I can hear Sinatra in the background singing a little New York, New York. You know, I think that is kind of a, you know, a New York. Well, New York I, I wish can they make a song that would be maybe Houston or Detroit <laughs> uh, or, or Jacksonville because yeah. those are the other three teams that we, I like we need that. to find a way to uh, get them them in the win column to be able I to like make that. some money as well. New, New York or uh, Houston, Detroit or Jacksonville song. I Put like them all that. in one the same song. I love that's, it. That's, I think it's a great idea. We've got the studio. We have to record that. I, I like that idea. Um, but before we jump into the pros this week, uh, we're going to look at college. I mean, the, the college bowl kind of standings are out right now. Um, we took a look at them and we, we were a little bit of a head scratcher. I mean, you know that Georgia, I mean, undefeated, um, a big favorite against Missouri this week, almost a 40-point favorite, a defense that's only given up six touchdowns, and they kind of take pride in that. They're not taking guys off the field. They want to have the record for the least amount of touchdowns ever given up. Um, you know, Bama at 7-1, and one, Michigan State, number three-ranked Michigan State, after their win against uh, Michigan last week, um, Oregon, which may be a little bit of a surprise, because the eyeball test, as we talked about, would tell you it should be Ohio State, but Ohio State's five. Cincy, Michigan, Oklahoma, Wake, uh, Notre Dame, Oak State, and Baylor kind of rounded off. But I know we want to talk about kind of the top four to six um, and some of the interesting intricacies there yeah, uh, with those I mean, teams. No problem. Obviously, Georgia and Alabama, right. uh, no problem with them being ranked there. Obviously, I think Cincinnati um, you know, saw themselves in the in the number two hole in the rankings uh, and, and fall to number six in the college playoff rankings. They've struggled a little lately, though. They haven't been that impressive on the field with, with kind of back-to-back close games. Yeah, but Alabama in the two hole, the really interesting spot here is the these teams are probably going to end up running the table, playing each other in an SEC championship game. And then after the SEC championship game, what does that do to the rankings? Does somebody fall out to, to number three or potentially even number four? And we wouldn't want them to essentially be number one and number four and then play each other again um, in that first playoff game. So it's going to be interesting to see what that does from an SEC championship standpoint. And then kind of three through 
like you said, 12 uh, is right. kind of a, a mess, you know, and there's all kinds of things that are going to happen here over the next four weeks uh, determine who's going to be in this playoffs. And we'll start with Michigan State, 8-0, um, obviously the big win over Michigan, sitting in that three spot. They've got a tough uh, road game this week against Purdue. They still have to go. But they're, they're, number, they're number, you know, three in the country, and they're only like a field goal favorite over Purdue. Yep, they've still got to go to Ohio State and then right. play at home against Penn State. So uh, a long road left uh, for Michigan State to stay in this ranking and keep it here. And, and, if, and if you're sitting at Ohio State or Cincinnati, um, you know, you can see that from a Michigan State standpoint. You can see your road to getting there. Um, Oregon, you know, we talked about um, this is a team that um, I think the committee really was conf- is confused about. They had to rank them ahead of Ohio State because of the outright win. We're um, confused about it. And, and, right. and Ohio State, from an eyeball test, you, you feel like Ohio State should be in that top three, right. um, at least the top four. Um, Oregon struggled against Cal, um, a, picked out, peeled out a squeaker at UCLA, lost outright the bad to Stanford. Loss to Stanford right. um, so um, they've got a four game still on their schedule. They go to Washington, uh, to Utah, uh, at home against Washington State and Oregon State. So um, the, the teams behind Oregon should be potentially confident that maybe they drop one of those four and find a way to leapfrog there. Ohio State still has uh, both Michigan State and Michigan on right. their schedule. So, again, the road is there for them to knock off both those teams uh, and find themselves in the playoffs. Cincinnati, I think, is in, a, is in the best spot despite being in the six hole. Um, they've got a schedule that they can run and, and stay undefeated. They've got a tough game potentially against against SMU. But the... The, the map is there for them to go undefeated. I think with that said, though, like you mentioned, kind of the, the round robin of what some of these other teams have to go through, you need them kind of to beat up each other a little right. bit yeah, for need, Cincinnati to get in You need Ohio there. State to knock off Michigan State. Right. Then you need Michigan, Michigan to, to knock, knock off, off Ohio right, State. exactly. Speaking of Michigan, they're in that next spot. So that's their that's their road is finding that win through Ohio State. Oklahoma is kind of the one that's um, somewhat surprising to me, and I'm not a big Oklahoma guy uh, in looking at the teams they've beat and, and what that de- the way that defense is right. playing. But sitting 9 and O to be in the eight spot, especially in the Big 12. Um, kind of feel like the Big 12 a little bit disrespected here uh, with Oklahoma at 8, Oklahoma State at 11, and Baylor at 12. Both those guys sitting at 7-1. But again, um, Oklahoma... Um, sitting in their bye week this week, then has to go to be, to Baylor, right. and I believe they get Oklahoma State. So, um, Oklahoma, don't you think if they run the table, it's going to be hard to keep them out of the? Yeah, top especially four. if Oak State and Baylor continue to win, right? And, and right. so now they're yeah. Oklahoma is going to be beating essentially what are top ten teams, and that's going to give them that ability to leapfrog as we watch these other teams fall down. And Baylor, uh, a huge spot this week. They go to TCU and then at home next week against Oklahoma. So Baylor's got a chance to make some uh, big moves in the rankings, and then. Uh, we talk about uh, Wake Forest, again, undefeated, uh, playing some absolutely incredible games. Again, you talk about uh, being a short favorite. They're actually a dog this week. Right. Uh, sitting in the in nine spot in the country, but they're a dog at North Carolina. Notre Dame at 7-1 and one at 10. Um, again, there's, and there's a pattern. North Carolina's only 4-4. Four four. They had a lot more hype coming into the season. Everyone thought they'd be a better team than they are, but that's kind of the reason why I think the, the betting public has backed Carolina in that game. Yep, Notre Dame, 7-1. and one. They've got, again, a, a beatable, a winnable schedule to, to win outright and hope that uh, what we're talking about and watching some of these teams lose ahead of them, uh, chop things out, and then obviously Oak State and Baylor sitting where they are if they can uh, run the table and, and uh, obviously knock off Oklahoma and, and look for some losses as well. There's a path for, for them to get there as well. So I guess you know the best <laughs> thing to say here is 
four weeks left, five weeks left with the with the with the conference championships. There's still a lot that can happen, oh, a lot of football to be played, and um, it's exciting to to see these rankings. Um, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. I think the big key is again is what we touched on: if you get a lot of these teams to beat each other up. I mean, if Cincinnati can run the table, they have to hope that Oklahoma doesn't have wins against Baylor and Oklahoma State. That Ohio State splits those games up a little bit. That Oregon's all of the Oregon beat Ohio State. They had the loss to Stanford. Do they continue to struggle a little bit in conference? They need some of those things to happen, I think, for Cincinnati just because of the conference they play in. Well, and I think the thing to look at this week, too, is um, these teams see these rankings the same way we see these rankings. And do they start to ask themselves, are they doing enough? So you talked about specifically a Cincinnati team that hasn't gone out and really put put Struggled a put back up big numbers weeks, right. on some some bad teams and so do these teams start to say hey we're not impressing the committee let's go out and impress the committee this week and and put up uh, monster numbers and you know do we see um, you know, seventy to nothing games or seventy to seven games because these teams are trying to comp- impress well, the community. I think you made a really good point, though. I, I think more so than that, it's their opponents, how their opponents end up finishing out. If you have teams like Oak State and Baylor that really finish out strong, does that help elevate Oklahoma more than winning by forty points in a game? So who knows what the where the committee's sitting right now? Well, and Cincinnati's biggest win is over Notre Dame, so they right. want to see Notre Dame continue to win because that helps that that helps them as well. But but in Notre Dame's case i know they're ranked 10th but we don't think they're in the same kind of class as the as the the nine teams above well, them i, mean, I don't see a, notre dame in the top there's four. a clear separation georgia alabama and you can draw a line right uh, right and, and, yep. and then go you know down from there uh, i mean michigan state you think about it, i mean being a you know uh being down two scores against michigan in the second half of that game and i mean kenneth walker played phenomenal i mean for me i think you could put him at the top of the heisman list right now i know it's kind of um with, with stroud and and with uh, matt uh carroll you've you've got so bryce young i'm still bryce hoping young, bryce young yep. from a standpoint you, of what right, we're cheering right. for uh, bryce but young walker's been really really good of late and, yep. i mean they and running can run games the ball. don't slump you know we, we've talked about this michigan state team running games don't slump when you've got passing games and a solid defense um, the one thing that can kind of come out every week is is that running game and right. Michigan State's got that running game and um, a, a tough the weather gets colder it's Purdue. more grind yep. Purdue pulled the upset uh, if you remember two weeks ago against Iowa, Iowa. Yep. Um, and then kind of got beat up by Wisconsin and so Purdue has that ability to, to pull an upset but an Iowa offense that has really really kind of struggled this year uh, we'll see if Purdue can kind of Put together uh, the ability to stop Walker because right. that's what we're going to have to do in that game, and then look for Jalen Naylor on the on the back end when teams come up trying to stop Walker, stop Walker, stop Walker. That's when Naylor has the big uh, the big right. gains on the backside. I think for the point spread side of it, kind of look at what um what Jay talked about over the next couple of weeks is do you see a lot of line movement with these top ten teams with the numbers going up? So only time will tell about that. But it's fun to have the rankings out right now and kind of dive into it and talk about it. We'll be updating them every week and kind of going through possible scenarios and teams that that look good. Or are rising or dropping, but it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, we're going to jump right back with our next segment. We're going to get into week nine of the pro football schedule. We'll see you in a few minutes on Bookends. Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me. Hey everybody, we're back with uh, the Sports Gaming Podcast bookends from our SDN Mobile Studio at Sunset Station. Jay, we're going to jump into the, the pros this week, week nine, and Thursday night football, Jets, Colts. I guess the betters are super impressive with the Jets. 
52% of the tickets are on J-E-T-S. I think it's the big number. Um, it's the way uh, Mike White played. It's the way Michael Carter kind of, um, you know, is evolved now as their go-to young back. Uh, they're getting double digits here. The Colts have lost, you know, twice to the Titans. Going to be tough to win that division, even be a wild card team. And the betters are backing the Jets in this game. Well, I think you said it. They, they, they like the double-digit points. Uh, maybe the, the trust in Carson Wentz just isn't there. Um, he made some, some really bad turnovers um, in you know, really had a chance to go the beat that The big question is, though, can Mike White lead the league in passing yards again this week? Um, the Colts' defense is not <laughs> particularly strong on the back end. They're good at stopping the run, but the, the passing game is there. That um, Dinks and dunks to Crowder and the guys out of the backfield. Right. Uh, but the Jets, the, the key to here is going to be stopping Taylor. Um, you know, they've got to have uh, the defense step up. Otherwise, the Colts will um, really uh, control that ground game and, and potentially run right through them. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, again, I, I think the way they played last week, I was impressed with Mike White. You know, people have asked me, is there a quarterback controversy in New York? Absolutely not. It's just one week. But he did step up and play a really good game. They went up and down the field against the Bengals. I thought had a lot of success. We're in that game, the entire game. Maybe a little bit of a letdown game for the Bengals. It was kind of a sandwich in between because they have the Browns this week, which we'll touch on. But uh, overall, the Jets played a really good game. Uh, next, we're going to look at Bills-Jags, uh, one of the you know the largest favorite on the board, Bills against the Jags. 84% of the tickets are on the Bills. No surprise there. Um, it was a game last week against Miami. Dolphins were in that game for most of the game. We were fish fans. We were hoping they'd hold on. But this Buffalo team just doesn't stop throwing. It doesn't matter how big of a lead they have. They're throwing. They covered late. It was one of the really good games for the betters on the other side of the counter. Yeah, and I know we, we're scheduled, uh, <laughs> you know, to talk about the Jaguars in potentially another segment. Um, but you know, again, eighty-four percent, the highest ticket count yep. um, on the Bills um, as a as a over a two touchdown favorite, um, just speaks to where the Jaguars are at and and the confidence in the Jaguars and and the way they're playing. And from a standpoint of what is the path for the Jaguars to cover this game, um, going to have to score. 17 to 20 points, you figure, with the way this Bills offense um, should be able to move the football on that defense. Um, you start to just ask yourself if uh, if they've got that in them, if uh, Trevor Lawrence has got that in them, especially if um, no James Robinson and it's Carlos Hyde and trying to go up against this defense and uh, right. with this Bills team that's kind of had a uh, what what has become kind of an easy path. Very easy schedule so far, right? Houston and Miami. Um, it's... Uh, kind of goes back to the NBA of, of where's the motivation for the Bills and um, how motivated are they to come out and play this game and what kind of offense did they throw at the Jaguars? Did they not put any offense on film for anybody to see and kind of stay a, a basic vanilla offense with uh, their base offense that our, everybody has on tape and, and not really show too much down at Jacksonville? I think for Buffalo, too, though, now with the injury to um, to Derrick Henry, they trail the Titans, who are 6-2. and two. Uh, They lose tiebreakers to the Titans, but that injury kind of opens up that door a little bit for them still to potentially be the number one seed in the AFC. So it is an easy schedule. You play who's in front of you, but, uh, you know, anxious to see how kind of Buffalo comes out in this game being a big favorite. Uh, next game, which I think is one of the best games of the week, it's uh, the Browns and Bengals. Uh, 64% of the tickets are on the Bengals here. Um, Bengals, bad loss to the Jets. I mean, they were sitting in the number one spot going into this weekend um, In uh, as far as, you know, who's the top of the AFC, and they lose to the Jets. Uh, Browns have really struggled of late. Um, we know what's going on with, you know, with Beckham. Um, but uh, Bengals are a small favorite here. And again, 
64% of the tickets here. A lot of over money in this game. I think you look at these two teams, I could see some scoring in this game, but uh, that that's where there's a high percentage of tickets, over 80% on the over here. But Brown Bengals, for me, is one of the best games of the week. Yeah, you talked about, you know, do people then jump off the Bengals after losing to the Jets, but uh, I think this offense and Burrow, there's still a lot of confidence with uh, uh, Chase has been, uh, you know, pr- probably the best rookie uh, oh, absolutely, so, so far right. with what he's done, and Higgins and Boyd, um, and uh, mixing out of the backfield, now they're mixing in Perrine, so from a from an offensive standpoint, betting that over, um, they've been great. If you go back and actually look at both the games last year, uh, Tyler Boyd was the big receiver for right. them in both games against Cleveland, scored a touchdown in each game, I think he had over 121 yards in one of the games, so something about those underneath routes. Uh, Cleveland obviously dominant up front and uh, able to get after the quarterback, um, but struggled has struggled on the on the back end of things. So um, same thing you could say in, in Cincinnati, obviously watching for Mike White throwing right. over 405 yards um, that they weren't able to. And it wasn't like it was downfield passing. It was a lot of the underneath routes uh, to the running backs and Crowder and stuff like that. So, but he moved them up and down the field against them all yep. game long, which we kind of had talked yeah, about. It's, it's a, and, and for the Browns, it's, you know, what is Baker Mayfield and where are they at right now with the whole right. Uh, OBJ situation and and obviously the running backs uh, banged up and obviously Chubb's been back but um, a lot of questions on that offense right there and this and they is, come off a really ugly loss to Pittsburgh last week it was what fifteen yeah. to ten a well, good game it, for our it, side yeah. of the counter but ugly loss uh, in that game for uh, for the Browns yeah so again they've got to figure out something on offense that offense was a uh, was was clicking early in the season when it was a Hunt and Chubb combination and you know you had to come up to stop that run and Mayfield was able to find some guys back but um, now keying more on the receivers and and stopping that running game. We'll see what they do this week against the Bengals. Yep. Uh, next thing we're going to look at is the team in our own backyard, and that's the the Raiders and the Giants. Uh, 82% of the tickets are on the Raiders. Uh, the only team that had more uh, more ticket counts was uh, the Bills, which we touched on earlier. Raiders come off their bye. I think a good opportunity for guys like Jacobs and Waller to get healthy. Um, the Giants hung around on Monday night against the Chiefs, but it's still a giant team that makes way too many mistakes. That last drive, just to get a potential tying field goal, they lost yards. They couldn't even gain any yards. Um, Tony got hurt again in that game. Shepard got hurt. Um, uh, Barkley's in COVID protocol. So they're still going to be missing a lot of their big guns. Last year, the Raiders were 6-2. and two. They loved playing on the road. They had several trips back east that they won. Uh, they're a small favorite here. And again, 82% of the tickets are on the Raiders this week. Yeah, and again, you you have to look at what's going on in this organization and they bounce back from uh, the Gruden... Um, right. Uh, Resignment to uh, have a have a big game in Denver, and then obviously the the tragedy this week uh, with the rugs uh, crash, and and how does the team respond? Um, it's hard to to focus on football when that's going on, and but that's that, that's what these guys will try to do, and probably uh, making the trip to New York is probably the best thing in the Agreed, world. Agreed, yeah. Um, to, to, a road game, know, be yep. able to get get away from things, um, be able to just focus on football. Uh, but from a football standpoint. Um, you know, he was a guy that really stretched the field. Um, now the Giants, uh, who did play, you know, they had played well on the defensive side. I mean, I, I can't say that Kansas City Chiefs are clicking on all cylinders right. on offense. Right. Um, we've seen um, some turnovers there and, and just craziness that we don't expect out of the Chiefs. But the, the Giants were able to stand up and make stops um, when they needed to to be able to stay in that game. Um, so if, And, again, playing a team like the Chiefs, uh, 
it's got to bring that team some confidence. Um, it's got to have Judge and those guys ready to play. And uh, going all the way back to New York, uh, you know, they get a home game and, and a game that they want to uh, definitely win and, um, you know, come after the Raiders here. I think that um, you're going to see a lot of pressure on Carr without that uh, those deep threats um, going right. down the field. Raiders, again, were really good last year on the road. Again, they were 6-2 and two on the road, 4-2 and two in their division, really struggled at home. They already have surpassed that with three home ones that, three home wins this year. They can win again on the road here. I think that goes a long way for that team. Um, we're going to jump into now uh, the Packers-Chiefs, which you could have said, man, this could be a Super Bowl preview, game of the week, game of the year. Unfortunately, no Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be there um, due to COVID protocols. Um, prior to that, the Packers were maybe a one-point favorite. Game hovered around pick. We've talked about it the last two years. What is the impact of a marquee quarterback? It is at least a touchdown. We've seen a huge adjustment in this game with the Chiefs coming out as a, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite after that. But the ironic thing is, is prior to that, 73% of the tickets were on the Green Bay Packers, even at pick, or the Packers a small favorite. They went into Arizona. They bet the Packers. They loved them as a dog on the money line and straight. They got the cheese, no pun intended, for the you cheeseheads in Green Bay. But um, here again, uh, a lot of tickets coming in on the Packers, even with Jordan Love, for me, I think the key is if Adams is back and, and, and Valdez-Scantling and Lazard, I think that helps a young quarterback um, in Jordan Love. You still got Jones and Dylan in the backfield. You have to have those wideouts back. If not, I think this number goes back up. Yeah, and, and we talk about the ticket count on the Packers. You know, we opened this game before the Chiefs um, played the Packers on— The Giants. Uh, the, played the Giants. Right. They were a two-and-a-half, two, two or two-and-a-half. I don't exactly remember. But, uh, um, I think it was two-and-a-half, K- right. Kansas City was favored over the Packers in this game with, with everybody expected to come back and play. And then they they don't go and play a particularly good Monday night game, and we see the game go to pick. And some places even had the Packers right. a small favorite. And then, obviously, the, the Rodgers announcement comes out, and um, the, the Chiefs shoot up back to over a touchdown favorite. Um, and I, I from a standpoint of the Packers— and you know, you watched them last week uh, uh, coming off the rest, um, now coming off the rest. But they played on Thursday night right. at the Cardinals without Devontae Adams and, and without Scantling and out, without all the receivers. And they played this slow-paced game. I mean, it was Jones Matt and Dillon, called and a great game. They, they let the time clock tick all the way down. Stuff that you normally don't see the Packers do right. um, in, in kind of running a, a little bit quicker offense and getting the teams off balance. And I could see them, even with Jordan Love, deploying that same type of offensive strategy of Jones and Dylan, let the play clock run down, you know, a lot, keep Mahomes off the field. Well, all and the Chiefs, control. as you touched on earlier, their defense is rather ordinary. So that game plan might work against them. Uh, but they also could say, hey, you know what? This Chiefs defense is is bad. Let's maximize the number of possessions that we're going to get because we believe we can go outscore them, even with a Jordan Love. So I think this game is interesting to see how these teams, specifically the Packers, how they're going to attack this game. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it goes a long way for Jordan Love. I mean, we we both think, and we've talked about it, we were semi-surprised that Rodgers was back with the Packers this year. He negotiated that new deal where he basically has an an out clause at the end of this year. I don't think he plays for the Packers again uh, after this season. So it is going to be Jordan Love's team. He was a first-round pick. Here he's playing in a hostile environment in Kansas City. If he has all those guys, 
Um, how does he perform in that game, and what ultimately happens? I think it's a I think it's a a really interesting game if you're a Packer fan. It it, it, it could be Jordan Love's team for a little bit longer than this week right. if some of the stuff that we're reading about the the you know violations of COVID protocols and some other stuff. Um, there's a possibility that Rodgers could be suspended or, or have to sit down uh, a couple well, more with weeks. It, with him being unvaccinated, they're saying that it, it could be at least another week that he misses, so he could miss both week 9 and 10, and then there, there could be a possible suspension. Um, we're going to jump back for the last segment and touch on the two primetime games and then our favorite segment of uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll be right back on Bookends. Locals, here's how easy it is to start betting on games with the STN Sports app. They have sign-up locations across Las Vegas, so no matter where you are, you're less than five minutes away from getting started. They have convenient withdrawal and deposit options, so you can access your money at any time, even from the comfort of home. And once you're in, you're in. You can bet on all major sports, even as the action is happening, with a huge in-play wagering menu. So download the STN Sports app today. Get started betting with a local favorite for over 40 years. Hey, everybody. We're back for our final segment of Bookends. We're going to touch on the uh, the two primetime games and the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is JMI's favorite segment. Uh, but we left off one game. That's the Cardinals-Niners, a big um, NFC West game. These two teams played, uh, I think, three or four weeks ago with uh, uh, the Cardinals getting a very close 17-10 win at home. Um, Niners kind of crossed midfield a number of times. It was a game where Trey Lance started in that game, his first start. Well, he came in. Uh, Garoppolo got hurt. Right, and, he and Lance uh, finished the game. Couldn't couldn't get him into the end zone a number of times here. It does look like Kyler Murray is going to play. I suspect this number will go back up. And similar to a couple of earlier games we talked about in the Raiders and the Bills, uh, 82% of the tickets are on the Cardinals. So three highest ticket counts this week, guys, are our Bills, Raiders, and Cardinals. And, well, again, uh, they, were, they were a short favorite. Um, Cardinals, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, with Murray expected in and with the news that he was banged up and not practicing. Um, Niners went to uh, uh, under a field goal favorite and now with Murray practicing again and expected to play, it's gone back to the Cardinals being favorite. So you were able to get that um, kind of plus money on the Cardinals you know, with, right. with a much better record. But from my standpoint, again, a divisional game um, Cardinals uh, didn't uh, beat them by a ton at home. Uh, at home should have probably actually lost the game right. um, with the way that the Niners moved the football. Uh, Niners going home in, in essentially um, what has to be uh, their Super Bowl right now. I mean, a, a loss here would be absolutely devastating to them in the division. Watching this Cardinals t- team take a, a monster lead in the division. Uh, Garoppolo's back. They're expecting to get Kittle back in this game. Um, if there's any game that they've uh, essentially got to circle and find a way to win, it's this week. And with Watt out of the lineup, Hopkins still banging up and Kyler Murray still banged up, um, I think this could be a good spot for the 49ers. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a must win. I agree. You look at that division, we kind of talked about it, being one of the tougher divisions in football. Niners had some of the injuries. Seattle lost Russell Wilson and it's really been a two-team race right now with the Cardinals and Rams, but yeah, I agree. Big game for, uh, for the 49ers. Uh, primetime games now. Sunday night football. This is a phenomenal game. Titans, Rams, 75% of the tickets are on the Rams. And, you know, we put the game up Monday morning. Rams were a six-point favorite. Uh, It comes out later that uh, Derrick Henry broke a bone in his foot. That game instantly goes to above a touchdown. So we talk about the impact of quarterbacks and what what they mean to the point spread. He's one of the few or only running backs, I think, that I can think of today that would impact the line so dramatically um, with him out of the lineup. You're talking about under seven or above seven, which is a key number, and it's all because of number 22. Everything the Titans do goes through him. Their whole offense is predicated on running the ball, wearing you down early, wearing you down late, and it opens stuff up for Tannehill with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. I'm just anxious to see how they react to this because as we speak, they're 6-2. and They are the number one seed 
in the AFC. Well, I can tell you how they reacted to it. They signed Adrian Peterson. Um, obviously, Jerry <laughs> McNichols sitting there as well. Um, I'll go further to say Derrick Henry not only affects their entire offense, but it affects their entire defense. Um, their ground control, ball control offense right. um, saved saved that defense a little bit, and, and it's not a very good defense. Um, we watched the Colts go up and down the field. We've watched other teams go up and down the field on them. They've got to get timely turnovers to stay in the game, and one of the things uh, that the Rams can exploit best is a bad secondary. Um, and so I look for Stafford and them to have a big game here. Uh, the Titans are going to have to find a way um, to move the football on offense, and it can be done. This, this Rams team up 38 to nothing uh, last week and allowed right. Texans uh, to come back and score 22 points, I think, in five minutes to do a, a little bit of a backdoor cover uh, for those of you that got uh, got 16 and a half. Um, but uh, the, the, that defensive secondary is not invincible. I don't know what we're going to get out of the Rams from a Von Miller standpoint this week. Obviously, That's a, a huge, huge trade, yeah, though. A I huge mean, addition to that defense to be able to pick him up from the Broncos. Um, not Again, it's not sure what he's actually going to play or how much he's going to play, but going oh, forward, he's gonna play this and, Rams yep. team is, they, they've got all the, they're, they're a Super Bowl caliber They're in team. it to win it. I mean, yep. defensively, we talked about they had a Super Bowl caliber defense before they went out and got Matt Stafford. Now you add, you know, you have Aaron Donald, you have Ramsey, and you had a guy like Von Miller. Last year we saw Tampa defend the Super Bowl in their own stadium. There's a real chance that the Rams could do that in SoFi again this year. Um, but I just think when you look at Tennessee, not only did it affect the number, it affected the total. We saw the total drop seven points uh, without Derrick Henry. So totally different team right now. AP won't play this week. They just added him to the to the practice squad. Hopefully they get Julio Jones back. A.J. Brown is starting to get a little bit healthier. But just want to see how that offense plays without him because they had come off some big wins over the last three weeks they beat the Colts for the second time they beat the Bills and they beat the Chiefs so Titans have got some big wins over the last month of the season it's a tough test to go to play yeah, the Rams it's in gonna LA. have to be AJ Brown's gonna have to have a big game here um, hopefully Julio can kind of stand up as well um, and get some big stuff there They're, like I said that defense is gonna have to turn the ball gonna have to get turnovers but on the Rams side I, th- I think the development of, of the young receiver Van Jefferson yeah. has been absolutely huge and we all know week after week what Cooper Cup is gonna do Robert Woods is also there for them. Um, Henderson's been really, really good out of the backfield. Uh, but Van Jeff- Jefferson, it's, it, it reminds me of what uh, the Buccaneers were last year. Right. Um, and and they, they had um, kind of a no-name running backs. Not, not no-name. Jones and Fournette weren't guys that you know you were going to say were going to go win you um, football games. But they have all these receivers and Godwin and Evans right. and Brown. and Scotty Miller. That's right. what the Rams look like this year. He's got all these receivers right. that he can potentially go to. And you try and shut one down and the other guy opens up. So. Well, they let Deshaun Jackson go because of the emergence of, of Jefferson, how well he's played there. So uh, kind of an interesting game again and just a, a huge line adjustment uh, for a running back, which is usually unheard of. Um, we're going to jump to the Monday night game now. Uh, da Bears against the Steel Curtain. 69% of the tickets are on the Steelers. Bears have really struggled the last three weeks. Lost three games in a row. I did think Justin Fields played his best game of the season all last year. Not sure if Khalil Mack will be back or not. If the Bears lose this game, they go into their bye. You have to wonder what what kind of goes on um, with Matt Nagy? If, if there's one coach right now that has an extremely hot seat, it's there. Uh, very low total in the game, 40 for a primetime game, which we don't see very often. I think it's a game that's a must-win for the Bears here. It, they need to win this game going into their bye, hopefully get healthy. Uh, again, Fields has played much, much better, but this is a huge game for the Bears on Monday night. If you love offense, 
this is not the game to watch. Go watch an NF, uh, go watch an NBA game or even a hockey game this Monday night. Uh, even a hockey game. The, the, wow. These, uh, these teams are, are clearly struggling on offense. We watched uh, Pittsburgh really struggling Cleveland last week. Um, the, the Bears were able to put some points up on the Niners, uh, but again, they're they're continuing to struggle on offense. We see Fields continue to develop as a quarterback, but you just really question the play calling in Chicago. And obviously, as Bear fans, it's uh, it's bitter bitter to try and watch this yep. team and, and what they're doing. And um, you feel like you have a great receiver in Allen Robinson that they're just unable to get the ball to. Um, it's, these are big games for both these teams. The Steelers, with their big win over Cleveland, um, have the ability to now make that playoff run. So a win here uh, over a team they should beat keeps them in the race um, in that AFC. So, um, you know, it'll... You know, it's, it's the trade deadline just passed. And um, uh, we didn't talk about Allen Robinson, who the Bears didn't deal who's on a franchise tag that'll probably leave uh, Akeem Hicks, who is on an expiring deal too, which will probably leave. And there was interesting comments coming out of the Chicago media is why weren't either one of these guys dealt? And it's the Bears fancy themselves a contender, even though they have a losing record right now. So if you're a contender, you need to get after it and win this game going into the second half of the season, in my opinion. But anyway, we're going to touch on now uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Before we jump. Last man standing. Right. right. Um, we have 20, uh, 20 contestants remaining in, in uh, pro football last man standing and uh, down to six contestants wow. in, in college football. So um, we're getting to that point where the picks uh, – don't go right or something like that. We've got potentially could be talking about somebody winning last man standing. So right. again, that hundred thousand dollar college, college last man standing with six left and one hundred fifty. Um, there's twenty left in the pro and um, we've got these uh, cool hats sitting in front of us because we're running the uh, new sign up promo. So all new signups of fifty dollars or more um, get a free uh, STN Sports hat. So a uh, great time of year to get signed up as we talk about right. um, calendar changing in November and we start to move into holidays. Honey to do list. Holiday right. You can't get to the book Tuesday. November right. 9th, you've got 70 college basketball games on the board. Um, so a ton of stuff going off. We'll watch baseball fall off the schedule, but college basketball will will come on. Um, we talk about the holidays, you know, yep. sitting at, uh, you know, that uh, Thanksgiving days and Thanksgiving weekend. Um, don't make yourself have to get down to the book to get those bets in. Just uh, get the app, open the app. We've got up to a $100 bonus right now, plus the free hat, plus it'll make your, your sports betting life so easy. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I think is great about the app, too, is, you know, you you know that you have the games that are going on. You know all the bets that you can potentially make from the games. But um, we've got so many props available on the app um, to where, you know, you might not see that stuff when you're when you're walking through the book or find the sheet on all the props. But right. really easy to look through um, the app and find all the props that we have available. Yeah, as Jay mentioned, I mean, you know, you're cooking the turkey. Your, your mobile app's right there. You're hanging Christmas lights. Your mobile app's right there. It's just a great time to get signed up for SDN Sports. Um, so the good, the bad, and the ugly. I hear that music in the background that, that John loves to, loves to add for us. Uh, the good. I guess it's the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, kind of struggling a little bit. Had a couple of you know good wins on the road against Colorado and Dallas. Uh, struggled then um, against uh, Tampa. But, I mean, they have been big-name hunters over the last several years, if it was uh, going after Pacioretty or Stone or Pertangelo, now it's Jack Eichel. Maybe one of the top ten players in the league uh, kind of fell out of favor with Buffalo. They stripped his captaincy. Um, you know, he needs to have a neck fusion surgery, a, an artificial disc put in his neck. He won't play until after the Olympics, probably sometime in March. But when healthy, you make a case that he is elite. He is a game changer. You give up Peyton Krebs, who was the 17th overall pick a few years ago, would have been top 10 if he didn't have the Achilles injury. You give up uh, Tuck, who's injured right now, who I love the speed that he brought to the game, and a 1-3. But, hey, 
Vegas, you know, they want to win that cup. They show their fans and the organization every year that they're in it. And again, big name hunting as they get the biggest name in the NHL right now and go out and trade for Jack Eichel. I love the move. I, you know, some people will question again. You know, we we turn over Flurry and Reeves and and Tuck again. Another guy that's a was a, was a fan favorite, a guy right. that I really liked watch watch him play uh, to ship him to Buffalo again. He might not mind it. He's a he's a New York native, so going back to Buffalo might be something that Still he was tough actually to leave VGK. Uh, uh, okay with. Uh, but getting Jack Eichel is is amazing. This guy is the number two pick back in 2015. He would have been a number one pick, but there was a young man named Connor McDavid um, that went ahead of him. And you know, if you're not a true hockey guy and you, you know you enjoy the golden knights and um and going to games but uh, don't understand hockey i mean this is a this is a monster move uh, i love going to games to not Same. only see the knights but to watch opposing players and um to go see uh, Alexander Ovechkin, to go see Connor McDavid, to go see Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby. Jack Eichel's up there on that list Absolutely. of guys that you want to go see from an opposing standpoint. When they step on the ice, they're electric on the ice. Um, the way they're able to carry the puck with the speed that they do, um, Jack Eichel's that player. And now we can call him a Vegas Golden Knight and hope that that surgery goes well. And when he gets on the ice, um, it changes the entire dynamic of this I, team. I think the only question is, is that we've seen Toronto um, being extremely top-heavy with the cap. We've seen Chicago kind of go through that a little bit. And you look at maybe the top six guys on the Knights eating up such a huge percentage of the salary cap. You have to hope some of these young kids really start to develop. And maybe one of the best things is that they have all these injuries right now, not for the injured players, of course, but that these young players are getting playing time and getting some more experience and getting ice time that when you get healthy, you have these kids to mesh with. Well, it, you can you can make the argument, and you, I hear what you're saying, that they're getting top heavy. But if, if you're able to have that number one line with a healthy Pacioretty and Stone and the way Stevenson's come come on here right. and absolutely fantastic to go along with uh, the misfit line you know th- those two top two lines if they can become scoring lines you don't need a whole lot of scoring out of your third and fourth line you just need development and some good solid play and, and in all honesty they lost nothing right now because they had sent Krebs down um, the draft picks, we know, you don't know what those are going to be. And Tuck's been hurt. So Tuck wouldn't be scheduled to come back until around the time that Eichel came back. So they really didn't subtract anything from their current team right now. Um, but now we're going to jump into the bad. And for me, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, go, before you go bad, I'm going to give you another good. Um, okay. I'm going to stay in uh, MMA in, in Vegas? and boxing uh, for this weekend. Okay. Um, we've got an awesome... Uh, UFC, I think it's 268 that we're at, uh, Covington and Usman, right. a really, really good card of MMA this week. We've got uh, Canelo Alvarez fighting this weekend against Caleb Plant uh, here He's in undefeated. Town. undefeated. Right. Um, so yeah. we've got, uh, you know, if you're a, a combat sports, uh, whether it's MMA or boxing, um, a good weekend um, to uh, to turn on the TV and, and, and bet some MMA. And again, from a kid on the app, Prop. look at the props. Um, not only the, the, the fights and the over-unders, but lots of props on the Every fight. round. Knockout Pick rounds. the round. Everything. Yep, it, it's great. So look, so look for some big stuff going on in MMA and, and uh, uh, UFC and, and boxing this weekend. I'm a huge boxing guy. I, I love this, uh, the, the Plant-Canelo fight, uh, especially out here. It's kind of been the home for Canelo. Plant's undefeated. I think it's going to be an interesting fight. I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see that number start to drop and a I'm gonna, bit. And I'm going to slash because you gave a good and I gave a good and I'll give you another good. <laughs> it's Breeders' Cup weekend, Woo-hoo! so if you love horse racing, out at Del Mar, California, we've got the, the you know the greatest horses in the world running this week. So look, Friday and Saturday, um, the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, you know, there's thirteen or fourteen Breeders' Cup races between Friday and Saturday. If you don't already have the race side of the app, get into the book oh, this weekend. Wait a minute, and isn't it forty thousand dollar? 
twin Q So we got a $10,000 twin Q on Friday, uh, $20,000 twin Q on Saturday, and then a $10,000 twin Q on Sunday. Um, something we've really never done before um, with having the, the you know, carry through right. the whole weekend. Um, so again, just a right. celebration of horse racing with the Breeders' Cup this right. weekend is good stuff. With those payouts of 10, 20, and 10, my good friend, and I should say our good friend, Brian Blessing, loves to say, it's matchsticks to lumber yards if you can hit on a $2 bet. So a $2 bet, and, and you can win that, guys. So, all right, we're going go to the, we're go to the bad now. No more slashing. We're going to the bad now. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars for me. I mean, they come out of their bye week. They struggle. But more than that, they're down 24-0 with a minute and 57 seconds to go. If math is, my math is correct, it's three scores and three two-point conversions, right? 8, 16, 24. They score the touchdown. Yay. Our side, they're going for two. They kick. Why do you kick? Why do you kick? You're now down 24-7. You do the onside kick, which it does get run back for a touchdown. But if you recovered it and you scored the first play, um, you would still be down by multiple scores instead of just one. It makes no sense whatsoever. I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I think he was already defeated at that point. With, with, That's at, a horrible at, message I know, to send your team. I, I, I'm not saying it's correct. But I, I just think Jacksonville, I mean, you're coming off your bye week. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually stay in the bad, and I'll stay with the Jaguars, who come off their bye week, and they're playing Seattle, and they're playing the backup Geno Smith in Seattle, who we just watched play on a short week on a Monday night, and he was 12 for 20 for 167 yards against the New Orleans Saints at home. He started the game against the Jaguars, 14 for 14. He completed 14 passes and 14 tries, um, which is the, the record this year in the NFL to start a, to start a football game. Um, and, and this was the Jaguars off their bye week against the backup quarterback and allowing them to do that. So, I mean, this... Uh, this then they didn't try to win. The, the they Jag- didn't try late. And, and that's why they're over a two-touchdown favor, two-touchdown two underdog at home against the Bills this week, is that I don't know how you have the confidence to say, you know, I like what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. The betters don't, and as you touched on, 84% of the tickets are against them this week. Now the ugly. I'm going to stick in pro football, and I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. The whole situation with OBJ, that he's been asked to stay away from the team, that the blame game from you know his family and LeBron James uh, is on Baker Mayfield. Um, they start the season 3-1. and one. They're 1-3 since then. Uh, they, they got beat by, the I think, the Cardinals, the Chargers, and the Steelers have home losses in there. They're kind of reeling right now. This is a Browns team that everybody liked. Uh, coming into the season. Great defense, best offensive line, uh, two good young running backs in Chubb and Hunt, and receivers with Beckham and, and Landry healthy. It is a distraction. It is a mess. And for me, the ugly is the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go to baseball for my ugly. And, and again, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves on, on your World Series championship. Uh, but my ugly is going to be the Houston Astros. Um, and not specifically the whole team, the Houston Astros, but just um, the, the batting of the Houston Astros to, to watch the way that they hit in this World Series uh, with runners on base and just an overall batting Wait a average. Minute. I think that meant a, we didn't hear any of that. I mean, we, there was no whistles. There was the no whistles. Series, no trash cans. We didn't banging. hear that. We didn't hear any. Uh, but I mean, uh, you know, watch, watching Bregman drop from the three spot to the seven spot, uh, watching the struggles of Jordan Alvarez, Yuri Gurriel. Um, you know, this team just didn't didn't get it done. They they had a uh, an awesome series against Boston where we saw them hit the ball all over the field. Um, and then the Braves come in and just absolutely shut them down. And the Braves come in with you know guys that are making their first career right. starts uh, on the mound <laughs> and um, Tyler. 
Tyler Matzik and Will Smith, uh, great on the back end. Luke Jackson, who we saw for the Braves, couldn't get an out against the Dodgers. Uh, two consecutive games, I think he gave up three runs and he four runs. He looked like runs. Koufax. Um, he, he looked absolutely incredible right. against the Astros. So, um, you know, the, the team that was the number one scoring team in baseball um, – uh, from a run scored standpoint, right. I think they had a number one batting average. Um, they have the AL uh, batting leader in Guriel, um, really struggles to put up runs in, in the World Series. So uh, my ugly is uh, watching that watching that Astros bat uh, in the World Series. Yeah, I think I think both are kind of good uglies this week, if you can say that in the same sentence. So again, as Jay mentioned earlier, guys, such a great time to get signed up for SDN Sports. So many things going on. Um, you can make deposits too at any of our kiosks located in any of our properties, um, or the El Cortez or a Wildfire game properties, the promotions going on for the hat, Breeders' Cup, UFC, prize fighting, college football, pro football, pro basketball, hockey. What a great time to get signed up for STN. And we said sports. Tuesday, 70, 70 college basketball 70. games on the board. I think we we kick off. I think we actually have the numbers already up um, with uh, Kansas some and Michigan games, State yep. and Kentucky and Duke. Um, so some great kickoff games um, coming up on Tuesday. Um, so get the get those college right. basketball <laughs> sheets out and uh, start handicapping your college basketball. College bowl standings are up. Week 9 of pro football. And we'll be back guys next week for another segment of bookends he's jason this is our buddy teaser i'm chucky we'll see you guys soon